0: This article is titled, Are Injuries in Sport Inevitable? I published this on my website at kdmhealth.com, that's K-D-M-H-E-A-L-T-H dot C-O-M, in June, 2023, so let's get into it. Are injuries in sport inevitable? The short answer is, it depends, mainly on the following three points. Firstly, your commitment to being injury-free, Secondly, the training decisions you're making or taking from coaches, and thirdly, the sport you're playing. Before we get into these areas, if you don't want to read or listen any further, in my experiences, injuries are not inevitable. Most injuries can be prevented and don't need to happen. Despite this, injuries will continue on their current trajectory. It's no wonder when you consider the following sayings are part of the furniture in both recreational and professional sport. Quotes such as, if they're not injured, they're not training hard enough. Injuries are inevitable. Injuries are part of the game and so on. For the record, injury can be defined as, and I quote, sports injury denotes the loss of bodily function or structure that is the object of observations in clinical examinations, whereas sports trauma is defined as an immediate sensation of pain, discomfort or loss of functioning that is the object of athlete self-evaluation, end quote. So when it comes to the first point, your commitment to being injury-free, nearly everyone who plays or competes in sport will verbalize they wish to be injury-free. Yet in my experiences, around 80% of these same people will display low to no commitment to being injury-free. The best analogy I can think of is, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Outside of any genetic predisposition or psychology around this, the effort required to offset the physical negatives of your sport are real. And yes, for all the fantastic benefits of your sport, there are unfortunately also negatives that compound over time unless you address them. Sir Isaac Newton discovered long ago, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. This applies to your sport too. It's time-consuming, requires discipline, and there are no shortcuts. The higher the level of your training or competing, the more necessary addressing your soft tissue length, tension, strength and posture becomes. On the second point, training decisions you're making or taking from coaches. This ties in with your commitment to being injury free, but takes it a step further. How so? You're now taking responsibility for for your training decisions, not just working around them. You're either making them yourself and or having input with your sports coach as far back as 1983 which is 40 years ago at the time of recording this tudor bomper published two subheadings in the second chapter of his fantastic book called the theory methodology of training those two subheadings were in the second chapter the principle of active participation in training and secondly principles of individualization The training decisions and program you create or follow are upstream from the execution of your training sessions. Therefore, some questions need to be asked about it, and here are three to get you started. Firstly, is the training individualized to you in any way? Secondly, have you had any input into this training? And thirdly, what assessments or data have you collected on yourself to make informed training decisions? Now on the third point, the sport you're playing. Let's talk about injury probability in sport and use four sports as examples. Bodybuilding, mixed martial arts, rugby league and swimming. I'll say them again. Bodybuilding, mixed martial arts and mixed martial arts for those that don't know is a combination of stand-up fighting. So think boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, karate and so on. Uh, It also has wrestling and judo and then it has aspects on the ground. Um, for example, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. The third sport is rugby league and the fourth sport is swimming. Now the categorization of sports is probably as old as sport itself. Both Tudor Bomper and the already mentioned Theory Methodology of Training book and Ian King in his How to Transfer Strength Training book have created fantastic categorizations of sports in these books. However, I've kept it simple below. Let's go through them. The physical training for bodybuilding is an individual sport. It's predictable in terms of exercise movements. Most of the exercises are cyclical. It's, it's a non-contact activity conducted in the controlled environment of a gym. Bodybuilders are scored via vanity metrics when posing in front of a paddle of judges. Mixed martial arts is an individual, like, individual sport as well. It's acyclical and unpredictable, meaning the fight can go anywhere at any time. And we can categorize these things in terms of ranges that I've learnt from Cameron Quinn. So we have kicking range, punching range, knee and elbow range, standing clinch range, and on the ground as a fifth range. The contact aspect in terms of striking revolves around inflicting bone and soft tissue damage or knocking out your opponent, while cutting off blood flow to the brain and or deliberately dislocating your opponent's joints via joint submissions is the other goal. MMA athletes are competing against an individual opponent who is also attempting to inflict the equivalent physical damage. MMA athletes are matched in weight classes and are typically of similar weight. Bouts are usually three to five rounds with each round around five minutes in duration with a one minute rest period between rounds. Bouts are won via knockout, joint submission, choke, or on points determined subjectively by judges. Rugby League is a team sport with 13 players on the field. It's acyclical and unpredictable. The contact aspect has a player from the attacking team running into the defensive line and tackled by multiple players from the defensive team. The game is played on a grass field 100 metres long by 50 metres wide. It's played outdoors in a wide variety of weather conditions. Think sunshine, rain, wind, heat, cold, day and night. Games are played in two 40 minute halves with 10 to 15 minutes rest between halves. There can also be a significant height and body weight differences between players in different positions on the teams. Swimming is an individual sport and cyclical in nature. It's predictable in terms of movement requirements. It's non-contact and executed in the water in the controlled environment of a swimming pool. Events range from 50 meters to 1500 meters. Now probability wise, how would you rank these four sports from least injury potential to most injury potential? And I'll say them again, bodybuilding, mixed martial arts, rugby league and swimming. Now I'll take a stab in the interest of time and guess you put either bodybuilding or swimming as the least injury potential and MMA or rugby league as having the greatest injury potential of these four sports. It's evident all things being equal, considering the goal of MMA is to outpoint or knock out your opponent via bone and soft tissue damage, joint dislocation, or a choke. While rugby league typically has over 500 collision episodes per game on top of repetitively sprinting while fatigued, both sports have aspects of tackling or wrestling a non compliant opponent with gravity and the physical earth magnifying these outcomes. Bodybuilding and swimming each have their own injury potentials too, including repetitive, unbalanced training, technique breakdown, inappropriate training loads, and so on. However, the potential for injury is lower as the bodybuilder and swimmer are in control of their body at all times in controlled environments. I'm not suggesting injuries need to happen in any of these sports. Injury, the injury rates in all of them are unnecessarily high in my view, but that challenge is yours as a participant, not the sport. Yes, MMA and rugby league will result in more bodily bruising and corks than swimming without a question due to the physical impact and the, of the sports and the need to condition the body for it. Yes, the potential for joint subluxation and dislocation is greater in the grappling aspect of MMA as that is the entire point of submission wrestling. That said, training with experienced and respectful training partners Tapping early in training, outside of specific drilling for late stage escapes, dropping the ego and understanding that that the error was made a few steps before your need to tap are strategies to reduce this potential. In addition to optimizing your soft tissue length and tension to maintain healthy joints. It's your responsibility to get educated. It's your responsibility to ready your body for the immediate and long-term demands of your chosen sport. It's your responsibility to ready your body for the daily training requirements, which extends beyond training into hydration, nutrition and sleep. Now two thirds or 66% of what we have focused on has been on you, your personal commitment, decisions and actions. One third or 33% has focused on the sport you play. You can't change the stresses of your sport, but you can make significant change to your body to deal with these inevitable stresses in the sport that you play so i hope this has been helpful to you thanks for listening